Colonel Kurtz, Don Vito Corleone, Stanley Kowalski, Lieutenant Ken. One man links all these characters, and today we'll talk about the final character in the list in a film that somebody seems to be trying really, really hard to hide. Welcome to They Don't Make Them Like They Used To. Hello, good evening, and welcome to They Don't Make Them Like They Used To, your one-stop Friday night movie nostalgia shop. I'm surprised I got that through all in one piece. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm getting better at this That's thing. Good. Yeah, uh, you are listening to Sunshine Radio. Um, this is my name is Tosin. We're broadcasting from um, St. Mary's Hospital on the Isle of Wight. With me in the studio today are Sean. Hello there. And Sharon. Hello. Yes, the mic works. This is going <laughs> good so far. I like this. I like this. Yeah, we are a show in which we talk about, well, a title kind of tells you they don't make them like they used to. We talk about movies. We talk about movies that were made before 1980. We sit back and we talk about how great they are and how the people who make films today just can't match up to that. In the next hour and a bit, you will hear us talking about, um, well, we're going to talk about one bona fide classic, a film that we say, this is undisputed. Anybody you speak to, and essentially anybody who says this film is no good, doesn't really know what they're talking about. We are going to talk about a hidden gem, which I've referred to in the in the intro, a film that, and this time we have someone who suggested it, Tib. Tib, thank you very much. This is your second appearance on the show, and thank you for suggesting The Men, which is a film that seems really, really, is trying very, very hard to stay hidden, so filling, fulfilling the criteria for a hidden gem. Uh, we're, we have a patient suggestion. We go into the hospital, we speak to somebody, and he tells us a little bit about an early film for that he remembers from his childhood. And we have Isle of Movies, a regular feature in which we talk about films and islands because we live on an island and films and we're talking about films and we figure out some tenuous link between films and islands and it all works and it's all great and it's all good. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much for listening in. Sean, Sharon, how you guys been doing? Yeah, pretty good, really. Um, I've, uh, I think I've seen most of the films recently. Oh, I right. went. I went to see that out of um, straight out of Compton. This oh yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. NWA movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was good. It was good. Okay, Sharon. Yeah, I've been. I've been regretting this weather. The weather has been becoming causing me some angst because <laughs> I work outside and on a he- on a really rainy day, it's hard to work. So, an unexpected day off used to be fantastic when I worked in an office. But now that I worked outside, an unexpected day off is so frustrating. <laughs> And I've had quite a few unexpected days off this last couple of weeks. Oh, so you, so you you don't actually go out and work in the rain? We do sometimes. When it's light rain, we can. I'm a gardener, so light rain is not a problem. Torrential rain means you can't do much of anything. Oh, well, right. Cool. Well, uh, it's looking it's looking better over the next while, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so hopefully we can get out there and get those lawns cut and hedges trimmed and all the work that we need to do done. Oh, cool. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Right, so onto our first film today, which is our bona fide classic, which this week has been suggested or chosen by Sean. Sean, would you like to tell us what it is that we are going to be talking about first up this week? Okay, this film, and it's it, it's taken me many many years to decide what what my favourite film would be, and uh, this film probably has to be my favourite film. Uh, it's a film called The Wild Bunch from uh, 1968, Sam Peckinpah, and uh, m- one of my favourite genres. It's a Western. It's a Western. <laughs> Sean, who is our, who's a residential Western expert. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, cool. So, um, Sean, we're going to play the, we're going to play some music from the Wild Bunch here. So I think we're going to play it. And you were just telling me earlier, and you were describing what goes on through this music. So we're going to play the music. And then if you can afterwards, just tell us what is it that we're seeing? Because I think this, this seems to be a film in which the music and what goes on on the screen are very tightly linked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If just, um, I'll, I'll give, give a little intro. So if you picture this, if, when the music's playing, if you can just picture a bunch of horsemen just slowly um, just trotting along and it stops at certain areas and there's like a still image of the the riders um some children and it just just works like that but i'll tell you a little bit more after you've heard the piece okay so here is the main tune from the wild bunch by jerry fielding
Wow. Well, if nothing else, that was massively, massively atmospheric. Oh, it's still going. It's still going. Ooh. We got like a bit of a bond sting at the end. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so sure, tell, tell us through that. It sounds massively atmospheric and it sort of like seems to set the scene for something, but I'm not entirely sure what it is. So go tell me. Okay. What, what's going on while that's playing? Well, you see this, to start off with, you see this this bunch of, of horse riders and they're dressed in um, sort of just slightly turn of the century, or I should say, not turn of this century, sort of. <laughs> turn, of turn of American Yeah, it takes century. place, yeah. Um, so the, the turn of, so about 19, I think it's about 1903, 1905. Oh, it's a bit later than that, 1913, according oh, well, to the, okay. my research. Oh, just before the First World War then, yeah, that was good. The first World War, that, was, yeah. that was probably where the three came in. Thank you, Sharon. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it takes place and you've got these in the, you know, they've got like the, the uh, I don't know what sort of hats you'd call them, like the, floppy hats and and the khaki uniforms the khaki american army uniforms and they're just riding towards this town and they pass um a group of children all mm. giggling and laughing and they're they're actually playing and they're watching a scorpion uh with masses of ants attacking it it's almost like a like a metaphor for what's so going to happen. So well, the, the scorpions attaching, attacking a... No, the ants are attacking the scorpion. Okay, cool. And the, the kids are pushing the scorpion with sticks and, yeah. and really agitating the ants. So there's like... And, and all the ants are swarming over the scorpion. Yeah. And they're all laughing and giggling, all the children laughing and giggling. And they watch these riders go by. And uh, as this happens, certain areas in the titles, this is the opening titles... Uh, they have a still image of like the actors so, yeah you know just like their their faces and it goes on and then they get towards this town and they slowly get off the horses and then they go into this bank and like that last bit of the end is where william holden or, or goes if they move kill them and that's <laughs> and that bit there and that goes a real still on like william holden yeah and, and, and i guess the little tiny bit at the end is directed by Sam Peckinpah oh yeah so yeah so it's a great great lead into a film it sort of sets up for what's going to happen okay, so what so okay from that what actually is the story of the so from what we have that then when do we move on to what is actually the story of, of the Wild Bunch okay the story of the Wild Bunch is it's basically a group of outlaws they've been outlaws for a while and uh, this is going to be their their final job this big bank job which is the army payroll hence the army uniforms and um they, they're going to rob this bank and hope to get away with it but uh, the bank robbery goes a slightly wrong and there's a major there's there's the gang of bounty hunters that have been chasing them and uh, there's a massive massive shootout uh, a lot of the gang get killed but a few get away mm -hmm. and then they, they, they've got the bags and they go oh wait let's split the loot and they open the bags and all that's in there is uh, is washers and, <laughs> and one one Detective one, it goes, them silver rings, <laughs> and then the other one goes, silver rings, your butt, them's washers. We shot our way out of there for a dollar's worth of steel holes. <laughs> so that sort of mucks up, and of course they still got all these bounty hunters after them. Yeah. So they they decide that they need to do another job. So they they decide they're going to rob a train yeah. of of guns and um, give them to move down to Mexico and sell them to. Uh, the revolutionaries or the federales whichever they can sell them to so uh so they, they don't care what side they sell no, it to as no, long no. As not to start with not to start with but yeah. one of them one of the gang is is actually a mexican all right and there's a there's a lovely scene where uh they're crossing the uh rio grande and uh one of the he goes uh the, the mexican chap says it's beautiful and one of the other guys goes just looks like more of Texas to me. And he goes, <laughs> you have no eyes. So, and, and so they, they, they go into this little village and some bandits try to steal the guns. And um, anyway, towards the end of the film, the, 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 you know, they start to feel a little bit for the revolutionaries. Mm. Although they're going to sell to the federales, the government, this General Mapache, terrific, terrific character. Yeah. He's in a few Peckinpah films. And, uh, so they decide that they're going to give uh, Angel, his name is, and they decide they're going to leave this uh, crate of rifles for, yeah. the, for the revolutionaries. Yeah. And, uh, and anyway, they go in to visit the, uh, the general to give him the guns. Yeah. And he says, uh, 
he goes we're one short and he goes yeah we lost we lost one on the trail he goes no he took it and they sort of capture the they take angel yeah and the, the gang sort of decide well you know it's a bit of an untenable situation so best get the hell out and let him have angelo yeah so they go away yeah and uh, then okay just one thing so far so far it sounds very very so like it sounds very amiable and this for peck and power movie <laughs> for uh, i haven't that's seen coming, it that's coming yeah, so, yeah, for, for peck and power movie it sounds like you know it's, it's also very oh yeah yeah let's just sort this out i don't know we're having conscience and all that kind of stuff so where does the peck and bar come in okay well well most <laughs> most of the action scenes which which is the shootout at the start the the train robbery there's a couple of incidents with some um uh bounty hunters and then at the end there's the the final shootout it's just like you know and and each of these action pieces are just bloodbaths you know total <laughs> total bloodbaths so, there's the peck so there's the pecking part <laughs> there's and there's there's lots of slow motion shots of you know people getting shot and so yeah there's the pecking part but it's very very um i think it caused a, a bit of controversy um because you know because of the violence yeah but that was pecking par's trademark i i I yeah. think you know. Well, Peck and Paul, he he didn't shy away from the red stuff. Oh no, not at all, <laughs> not at all. And and he used slow motion quite a lot uh, to show the, you know, the the almost balletic, really, almost yeah. you know, like a, with people sort of. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was trying to demonstrate. Then you can't obviously see. Yeah, you but there was my little bit of ballet there. But it was, it was kind of like a bit of a dance. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of like uh, I think with Pekka by the the phrase "dance of death." Dance of death <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Sharon, have you got anything on the on the? Well, I know that Sharon, you're almost kind of like a resident film historian. So, yeah. So <laughs> that's have you, me. Have you got anything on like you know the controversy that surrounded the Royal Bunch or anything like that? Not really, but it, I think it fits in neatly with a series of films that were made at a similar time where they were trying to lose the whole white hat, black hat type cowboy where they, it was clear who the good guys and who the bad guys were and make it slightly more complex. And it reminded me a little bit of another sort of turn of the century Western Big Jake where you've got these slightly ageing stars who have made their names in Westerns like Robert Ryan in this one and... William Holden, he'd obviously made done westerns, and Ernest Borgnine, there he'd done westerns, and they're they're sort of slightly older, and so you see them maturing, and like the westerners maturing, it's sort of moving into the twentieth century, away from that almost idealized version of the west that we've seen throughout the fifties. So this was like into the sixties, into the seventies, you get the more revisionist western where they're trying to show you a different side of what it was like to be in those days. This sure. this film actually got me really interested. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm quite into military history as it is, but this got me really really interested in the Mexican Revolution. Yeah, and I, I I looked about loads of books about the Mexican Revolution. It went on for you know it was like a period of ten years where where it was constantly constantly changing, and of course, you know it was all modern weapons, machine guns, yeah, um, artillery pieces, aircraft. Yeah, they used aircraft, um, cars. There's a, there's a car in this film as well, which I think there was in Big Jake. Yeah, they, yeah. There's they, a car in the beginning of Big Jake. Yeah, yeah. yeah they just sort of drive along. It's like along. modernity meets the old west, doesn't it? And you yeah. get this clash of yeah. cultures. That's oh, it. Oh, okay, cool. So, so with the car, they drag the generals, dragging Angel. You know, the the member of the gang yeah, behind the yeah. car. Like, and so instead of a horse, it's a car. <laughs> and you get the use of weaponry as well. The modern weapons, you get the sort of semi-automatic or the sort of powered weapons. Or the Gatling guns and stuff like that. As opposed to the old sharp, you know, the six shooter and all Gas, that sort of yeah. thing. You get this clash of that's, that's old meets new i must say that that is i'm, I'm th glad you said that sharon because there's an absolute fabulous piece and it's, it's it's probably right at the end of the movie yeah or towards the end of the movie and um of course all the i won't put spoilers in because i'm sure people have seen it but so all the outlaws are killed yeah and the the bounty hunter robert ryan he goes that this colt 45 peacemaker is still in its holster yeah and all the killing, all the shooting's been done with modern weapons, like you know the old Colt forty five, the ah. automatic. So, right. so everything's. So it's like the death of the West as well. Yeah, it so it's like it's like a, a symbol of saying, and Robert Ryan actually takes the forty five peacemaker out of the holster, and you know as much as to say, this is the death. This of is the death. Because yeah. these are all old guys, you know these outlaws. They're they're, they're wearing a bit thin, and yeah, they're okay. getting towards the end. Of, but they just decide to go out in a blaze of glory rather than just fade away, I guess. Well, because that's the thing. I've, I've heard a lot of people, whenever you hear about the Wild Bunch, they talk about, oh, it's Peckinpah's Peck death of the Western. 
it's fucking first death of the western and all that kind of stuff and i never really and i know that the final scene is celebrated so i've never seen the film but i know about the final scene i know about the slow motion thing and i know that essentially the whole wild bunch just get cut down yeah yeah and it's i've always wondered like you know when they're saying dead so it's so you were talking about the metaphor of the scorpion and the ants at the beginning mm-hmm. so it's it seems like it's it's almost while well, he's talking about how a certain era ended like with um like you know the outlaws and when they got like new machinery but at the same time it's almost like he's he's making like a bigger meta metaphor For, point yeah of the mm-hmm. fact of the western is no longer a viable kind of movie yeah. to be seen in the cinema or something that's it yeah, yeah i think and i think they're just totally outnumbered that that old style of of you know old style and it does mark the change in the way we see westerns because i mean they've been westerns since then but they've never yet gone back to that sort of idealized style of the 50s where there was like a western a week it's moved (laughs) away from that so you had in the 80s have things like silverado where again they tried to reimagine the western and then you've had like kevin costner came in and a great western open range that again took a new look at it so i think every now but you've never it's never had that popularity that it had originally so the end of the 60s yeah it really marked the end of the western as we knew it until that point yeah i'm guessing also as technology was developing they had things like all of a sudden sci-fi was becoming more and more and all the sort of stories that you would have it oh my word my eyes are being opened here (laughs) (laughs) so so all the kind of things all the kind of stories that you would be telling in a western were now being told through things like sci-fi and stuff like that other mediums yeah they just didn't use that like the spy movie yeah Oh, wow. Yeah, the yeah. gunslinger. Okay. You don't have a gunslinger anymore. You have a secret agent, don't you? Or yeah. you have a superhero. Yeah. Okay. They're just in a different form. Okay. Okay. Well, I just want to give final word, final words to Sean, because obviously I know this is like your favorite film. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I feel like I'm just sort of talking all over your thing okay. with, 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 my, with my light of realization going under my head, going, oh my God. No, yeah, that's fine. That's I need fine. to watch this film. I love it all. <laughs> so Sean, final yeah. word to you about The Wild Bunch. Okay. Final word about The Wild Bunch. Terrific film. Lots of great actors in there: Warren Oates, Ben Johnson, uh, Ryan, uh, Robert Ryan. All the the real good stock Western actors. And as I say, I, I guess I feel about Peckinpah the way Joe feels about his Hitchcock movies. So, oh yeah. So anyway, but yeah, no, you really, really need to see this. It is a bit violent. So if you're not into violence and and give it and a blood, miss, I'd probably give it a miss. But it's it's great for that era. Cool, good stuff. Oh, and Ernest Borgnine. I'm so glad you said Ernest that. Borgnine, yeah. I love that guy's face. <laughs> I yeah. love that guy's face. I mean, it's. I mean, when when he died a couple of years back, I was actually quite sad. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. It was like, oh, it felt like a, a little, little I think he won an Oscar, you know. I think he won an Oscar for uh, a thing called Marty. Marty, yeah. So oh, he did yeah. win one for a strange, uh, not a strange film, but uh, again, an underrated film. Yeah, 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 Marty, I think. Put that yeah. down on the hidden gem list. Yes, yeah, so lively Mar- forgotten, <laughs> but a great film. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, thanks so much for that, Sean. Uh, now, every week I go into the, uh, I was going to say cinema. I do go into the <laughs> cinema almost every week, but into the hospital. I'll go into the hospital because on this show, we don't just want to have our ideas and our um, point of view and what we think are great films. We want to see what people in the hospital actually think as well. So I went to the hospital today and I spoke to a lovely gentleman who did not want to be named for reasons that will become apparent as we play his interview uh just asking him about old films and like uh, films that he'd seen what his uh, his earliest memory of the cinema was and this is what he had to say um uh no i was going to call him john doe but that's bad that means no, never mind. <laughs> yeah <laughs> never, not a good connotation no good not a good connotation whatsoever <laughs> no good condition but this is what our friend had to say the last film i saw was alien 2 which I wasn't that impressed with, actually. I was told by a colleague of mine who's unfortunately dead now that Alien 1 was very good. So we both saw Alien 2 and it was nothing to like that. I haven't been to a cinema since. How about, um, do you remember, how about your early experiences of cinema? Can you remember what one of, what one of the first films you ever saw was? Oh, crying out loud. You mean other than what I'd have seen at a, a primary school, you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, even that age, as far back as you I, can remember. I think, I can't remember the films, but I can remember when I was a... A fairly young um, primary school kids seeing Hopalong Cassidy films, but I know nothing about them far from that. <laughs> you know, he was always in desperate straits and finally smart enough to get out of them, but I, I, I can't really remember any details. But I've not been a great cinema goer, actually. Um, I'm just trying to think of anything else I've seen. Do you know, it's amazing. I, uh, having had an accident that smashed my leg and smashed my head, I can't think of anything at the moment. Um, do you know, I can't think of anything at the moment, really. It's so long ago. 
Okay. Yeah, that's not much help to you, I'm afraid. Oh, no, no, that actually is. <laughs> Believe me, yeah. it actually is. Yeah. So, but please tell us, so Hopalong and Cassidy, like, do you remember where you saw them, what cinema it was? Who you no, it would have been in the school. Okay. It would have been shown at the end of term. I never went to a cinema when I was in a primary school. So oh, I, I'm talking about primary school. I'm, yeah, talking, yeah, primary school, yeah. I'm talking of over 50 years ago. Yeah, no, that's yeah. one of the things that we love on the show because I know yeah. we talk about going to the cinema. Yeah, uh, well, I'm not a cinema goer. Yeah, that's how, how different it was. Yeah. Even, I'm thinking even the school experience, that seems to be quite different because it's not something that you really find in schools now. Schools don't show... I mean, films were great things then, but they don't show films like that anymore. I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, not to my knowledge. I mean, I was a schoolmaster for 34 years. And I never showed any films of that sort of nature at the right age for the sort of people who listen to them. I, mean, I spent most of my school teaching, teaching sixth formers anyway, so they wouldn't be wanting to watch Hopalong Cassidy. <laughs> I don't even get it anymore. But no, we never did that at the end of term. We tended to work till the end of term. <laughs> and so, so in that in those days, it was was it just like a it was a tradition that the school would just get everybody together in the hall? Yeah, in the hall, and there'd be a flickering. Uh, you know, projector and black and white film, of course, you see, yeah. But I don't remember any details other than that, yeah. Yeah. That's about all I can remember, actually. I can't remember what else I've seen. I have seen on the films. I'm afraid my brain is a bit subaddled at the moment, having, uh, you know, fortnight ago, had a car smash me over in the chain ferry. I was the guy on the chain ferry, which you probably read in the news. Well, don't ask me for memory because I cannot remember a single incident of it, the event. I've only heard what people told me. Car came on or went off. I'm not sure which way it was going. I'd be directing you as I was the skipper, or more technically, I'm the master. Um, the chap, an, old, an elderly fellow, pressed his foot hard on the accelerator instead of the. Um, I'm only repeating what I've been told. I don't remember this. Instead of the brake, smashed into my leg and fractured the femur completely, uh, which is why I can't walk at the moment, uh, took me on top of the bonnies across the ferry and then sm slammed my head through the gate <laughs> and the end of it. And that was what happened. Uh, you can probably see just a few marks. It's got a big stitching things up there, you see. But apart from that, I have no memory of the, the event at all. I'm only telling you what's been told to me. And that may not be exactly facts. You never know with these things. And that was the 7th of August. So I'm on day one, week four in hospital here. And I shall go into rehab probably on Monday and be here probably for another fortnight or three weeks. I don't know. But I won't be walking properly for a while. Could be as much as six months. Hopefully not that long. Yeah. There you go. Well, I'm glad. But don't use my name. I don't want to be famous for that. Because no <laughs> I was hoping people begin to forget it by now, but I'm told it isn't being forgotten locally in Cowes. Yeah, so. You may have even heard things still being talked about it. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, with Cowes Week having passed since, and um, is it the uh, scooped boat thing coming out? It might hopefully press everything out of people's minds, you know. Yeah, you just get back to life. Yeah, I hope so, yeah. That's all I can say, I'm afraid. Unless you want to ask me any more questions. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. I mean, every now and then when I'm going around the hospital, I actually do wonder, you know, you, you can't help but wonder how the people get here. Well, but you can't really ask that question because you can't really say, so what are you in for? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, but um, he, I mean, he's, uh, he was just very generous in like sharing how he ended up in the hospital and all that kind of stuff. And I was just thinking, that's just a mental story. I thought that was just like journalism for you there. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't want to say it myself, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bit of journalistic yeah. reporting. Yeah, journalistic oh, wow, report. Wow, poor old sausage. What a thing to go through. I know, I know. That often happens with automatic vehicles, actually. Going back to my previous job, we used to see these incidents where some people's foot gets caught on the pedal when it's an automatic vehicle and it doesn't, like with gears, you can stall it. With automatics, you go shooting off at a rate of knots. Yeah, yeah. That can happen. Well, poor old sausage, though, but to be so but, oh, it sounds awful, doesn't it? So I do hope he recovers soon. We'll call him the master because he was the master. So let's hope he gets better soon. Yeah, well, the thing about it is, I found is that when I saw him, he didn't actually look that bad. I mean, it was... He sounds, he sounds really, really okay, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, from what, you, what he's been through, I mean, I would never have guessed that that was something like that, that he, he'd gone through so something traumatic. like... traumatic. Yeah, because he, he was sitting upright, he was jovial and everything like that. And then when he actually said, yeah, I was the guy that that happened to, I was like, what? <laughs> 
So, I mean, obviously, as he said it himself, you can go find out, um, you can find out who it was, you can find out who that happened to if you want to. But he, um, because he says that there have been things on the national news and stuff reporting it, and he just doesn't, he wants none of it. He's like, just please, please don't yeah. put my name out there. Let please forget about it. <laughs> Let me get better in peace. Leave me alone, which is, which I'm, mm-hmm. quite frankly, in today's world is a nice change. Yeah. <laughs> Selling his story to the sun or something. Yeah, yeah. But what he was saying about school halls, you know, we used to watch the film at the end of term. Yeah. I do remember that in my school days, actually. That was the, we used to have mufti days where you could, the last day of school, you could come in wearing your own clothes. And yeah, we'd gather in the school hall and we would watch a film yeah. that was shown uh, at the end of term. Yeah, we we used that to have that. It was a, it was a um, we used to have a Spell and Howl sixteen millimeter projector, sixteen millimeter film. Yeah, and it used to you know make that nice. They they draw the curtain, and you'd have a pull down screen, and yeah, I I the one I always remember. I mean, we used to watch all sorts of things like petroleum films and stuff, but you know that were made by Shell. But the one I do remember is a it was a treat, but I don't think it pleased the girls very much, and that was Battle of the Bulge. Oh, oh yeah, right. I think I think the guys who had been on the committee obviously decided that you know they like a war film. So <laughs> we had things. I think it was called like it's like it's fantastic journey about the, the dog, the two dogs and the cat or something that oh, travel yeah. across the American wilderness. I think we used to have that practically every year. Oh yeah, the the Ring of Bright Water was another one. Yeah, I remember, with, old, with the otter. things about otters. Yeah, yeah. anything yeah. involving animals. I thought they thought was safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably <laughs> probably what it was. But uh, yeah. So, yeah, good times. And Hopalong Cassidy, I remember my dad used to quite like those early westerns. And mm. yeah, the Hopalong Cassidy sort of serials, wasn't it, at the cinema? That's you right, used to yeah. go every week and you'd see another part, like Buck Rogers and these other serials that people used to see. Yeah. Uh, oh, all right, cool. So, Sean, until recently, right? Are you, are you still a teacher or were you just you recently a Sort teacher? of, yeah. Okay, sort right. of still a teacher. Do you reckon you ever bring this back, bring back like a mass? Everybody, okay, everybody gather into the hall now. We're going to put a <laughs> film on, end of term. <laughs> They ch- tend to do now, what they tend to do now is they have like com- uh, uh, drama companies come in or performing companies come in and, right. and they normally do a, a thing to do with, you know, um, abuse or drugs or drinking. Oh, yeah, 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 so, yeah. so they generally have a play for the whole whole year, you know, and, and you, as I say, you get these uh, these companies come in and they might do, you know, something on, yeah. on alcohol, you know, and they set up like, so it's, you know, they play school kids that are getting drunk or whatever and, and yeah. some of the consequences that can happen yeah. but yeah no that would be that would be cool to have a, a bit more of a moral <laughs> a story cinema club, than just yeah. sit and watch a film for a couple of yeah, hours yeah. <laughs> watch, uh, we, I think we should just bring Hopalong Cassidy back yeah 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 but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, uh, because I remember the in school in Nigeria it was once I was in a boarding school and I remember that they had uh, they built it as a movie night and so we ended up with this room with about uh, there was probably about 200 200 students in it and we were all watching one of these old CRT TVs that's oh, wow, like, yeah. a, like a 24 inch CRT TV <laughs> for 200 people to look at and I remember that was the first time I saw Terminator 2 Oh wow! And I remember the color on the TV was kind of weird. I think the the color had gone, so it was almost black. Green. It mm-hmm. was it was green. It was almost kind of like monochrome. I can't remember what which color, but it was almost monochrome. We were looking at this TV screen on. I remember, all of it, I, just, but I just remember the bit where like you know the T one thousand comes out of the fire mm-hmm. for the first time and then like reforms and everybody going. <laughs> so yeah, but that that was that was my thing. And I remember once in in a maths yeah. lesson in a school Thank in Somerset. Much. Thank you for talking to me. What the? No I'm in there. Have a listen to the show. Sorry. Sorry about that. I think a, a friend just came back in. <laughs> Very good. So, yeah, and I remember that um, when I was in a boarding school in Somerset, that uh, a teacher, Mrs. Lewis, the, for because we finished all of our maths syllabus and everything like that, she actually just brought Star Wars in and we were just watching. Oh, how cool. We were watching the new Star Wars movie. We were watching the old Star Wars movies and because it was in the run-up to when they re-released the uh, the first three the first trilogy in cinemas again. Yeah. So it was in, so we we essentially sat down in the, in the maths lesson and refreshed our memory. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, but I was in um, um, uh, Monument Valley in. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And um, we stayed. I was. I, I took my daughter on a holiday, and I tried to persuade her. They had these John Wayne cinema on this. We, we stayed on like a, a campsite Indian reservation. Yeah. And um, it was like, oh, please, please, else, come, can we watch? She went, yeah, let's go to there. Yeah, yeah, let's go to the cinema then. You know, and they were showing John Wayne films. And when we got there, it was like a little shed with a video player and all the video, <laughs> video uh, 
films of John Wayne. That was that was quite an experience. I was expecting some. Like a some drive-in lapid. or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that was that was that was good. Yeah. yeah so you hear that there's a lot of similarities between Monument Valley in the United States of America and Ogbomosho in Nigeria and Western Nigeria. <laughs> All right, cool. You're listening to Sunshine Radio on um on at St Mary's Hospital at the Isle of Wight. Um, now we are going to move on to our next. Oh, wait, you listen to the t- to the show. They don't make them like they used to. And we're going to move on to our next section where we on Facebook, we have a Facebook page, which is um, they don't make them like they used to. And on there, we've asked people to suggest films that they think either whether they're bona fide classics or hidden gems that we can talk about on the show. And now we have the first for the first time, someone who's shown for the second time on the show, which is Tib, uh, my friend Tib Chiss. And he has suggested a film called The Men. Now. When I heard it, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Never heard of that film before. So, f- number one, well done on picking a hidden gem because I'd never heard of the film before. Apparently had Marlon Brando in it, which is something that I actually thought was made it even more so weird to me. That a film that had Marlon Brando in it that I did, I'd never heard of before. And, uh, and yeah, have you guys heard of it? Seen it? Watched uh, it? Yeah. Both, yes to both. I've heard of it and I have seen it. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, I've heard of it, and I think I've seen it in the past. I, yeah. I, I don't think it's a big action one, is it? No, it's it's very much a a, a study in the in li- the life of this one chap. It's all about him, really. So you call it a drama, I suppose. Yeah, drama, I guess. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, let's see. Well, let's try it out this way. I'm gonna play a little bit of a snippet because I tried finding this film everywhere. There's like hardly anything. It doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. It's the, I mean, it's that yeah. it's that sort of like you know almost hidden or forgotten or something like that um but there's a couple of clips on youtube and here is something from one of the clips that kind of hopefully explains a little bit what the film's about and after this sharon i think it's best if you just take it away and tell us what is going on here (laughs) (laughs) all right cool so here's a clip from the men you've been a paraplegic for more than a year now don't you think it's time you accepted it i accept it i'm just a bad patient that's all i'm sorry i'm spoiling your record what record Oh, you mean all this is personal interest? Well, doctor, I'm really touched. I'll get well real fast now. What is it you want, Mr. Wiltshire? You want to die? It saved the taxpayers a lot of money. Why not, sir? Oh, uh, I met someone who knows you the other day. A girl. She says her name is Ellen something or other. She says you're engaged. Look, you keep her out of here. You keep her away from me. Why? Don't you like her anymore? Are you through with me? All through. You keep her out of here. You keep her away from me. I don't want to see her. You hear me? I hear you. I think it's time we began to get a little tough with Wilczek. Let's begin by taking him off drugs. He's got a lot of pain. I know, but we've got to start sometime. Also, he's strong enough to be moved into a ward. Let's put him in with Lopez and those other boys. Yes, sir. Lopez ought to be good for him, and those bench jockeys will ride him till he's saddle sore. Let's do that. Now, where's Brock? Okay, so that's a little bit of a clip Brock. from from the men. I mean, you can hear the sort of like unmistakable tones of Marlon Brando in there. I don't think anybody ever sounds like him. No, no. he has got a distinctive voice. Yeah, he's he? totally. Unique. He's what? Unique. Yeah, it's totally unique. I mean, that I don't think once you hear him, you're like, oh yeah, that's Marlon Brando. That's like Richard Burton. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Like Br- or James well. Mason. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> James, James Stewart. <laughs> James Stewart. Yeah. We, we could go on. We should just do like a whole series on people whose voices you could not mistake for anybody else. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. But <laughs> <laughs> so, Sharon, what is going on in there? Yeah. Well, basically, Marlon Brando's character—he's this American. I hate to say it, I was going to say lieutenant, but he's a lieutenant. <laughs> but he's this American officer who's been shot and paralysed from the waist down during presumably the war, so Second World War. And he's in what the Americans call a veterans hospital, where he's been in a private ward for a year, recovering from his injuries, and they're trying to establish what movement and mobility he's got. And they've got to the point now where they can't just leave him in his room anymore, they've got to start that rehabilitation process. So we meet him here where he's been confronted, basically, that... You've been in this state for long enough. You need to start moving on. And you see this bit where he's saying about Ellen, I don't want to see her, I don't want to see her. Well, she was his fiancée when he was still able-bodied. And it 
as the story progresses, you see their relationship develop and change as she comes to terms with the fact that the man she was engaged to is no longer that man anymore physically. That he's had this life-changing event and how he has to adapt the fact that he is not going to be that strong, upright American hero that she fell in love with. That <coughs> he's he's different and their role, their relationship is different. But as a film person, you see him moving into this general ward where they, they give him lots of stick. They don't let him put up with any self-pity or with any... They give him no sympathy. They're all in the same boat. They've all been paralysed. They're in wheelchairs with different levels of ability. And they're not going to let him get away with anything. Mm. And so by them sort of cajoling him and joshing him and bullying him, they get him up into his wheelchair. And to get him motivated that these other men have been able to do it, they've been able to get about and have their degree of independence. And he can do it too. He's not going to be the man he was, but that doesn't mean that his life is over. So as he gets on with learning how to adapt to being in a wheelchair he gets on with learning how to adapt into this new relationship with their new definitions of it and then you get obviously you get this sort of client and you get this sort of crisis point which i won't do you want me to tell you about what the crisis no is? no 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 it's become personal between me and this film now i will track it yeah. down i will find it <laughs> yeah well i think oh yeah it, it does come to a head at one point where everyone has to make decisions but it's an interesting film and that is that i think it's one of those rare films that was made in the 50s so really close to the end of the war yeah where people if they'd have had any dealings with veterans would have been aware that there were people in these situations mm. and so it's trying to approach it in a modern way it was it's, it's contemporary so it was made yeah in the 50s for people who lived through that that war generation and they would have been people would have been experiencing that thing coming to terms with their loved ones not being able-bodied anymore and suffering the mental shock and the physical shock of what they went through yeah because it's this is it's a kind of film that quite frankly i don't usually associate with the 50s because i think the 50s when i think of that i usually think of like you know happy go lucky movies and everything is so like you know you're talking about the black hat white hat thing and all yeah. that and that's and so just from watching a couple of clips online i'm looking and going wow this is for the fifties, this this seems well. It seems a lot very introspective. Mm. It feels very introspective, very kind of like focusing on these men and making sure that it doesn't really move its focus from this men and what it's like trying to live with with being a paraplegic. Yeah, and it's just it, it it just kind of like I was I was shocked and I was I was really really shocked so just from watching a couple of clips that the film is not more celebrated. Yeah, because I, I don't know why it didn't. I think again because it's it challenges people about you know, the, the, the war, it's all about victory films, isn't it? It's about celebrating this massive victory. Yeah, I guess especially yet, during the 50s. This is reminding people of the cost of war, isn't it? About saying that the, you, for every magnificent victory, you've got casualties and then you've got fatalities. And the, But it's casualties that are still with us, that are still going to need your care 10 years after the war has, is over. And I think it's a challenge to us today because up until like the whole help for heroes things, after the war, the people who are injured in wars are slightly embarrassing, aren't they? because you mm. don't know what to do with them they're yeah. not in uniform anymore so they're not fighting men they remind you of the cost of war and the cost of your country going to these things and that's uncomfortable for lots of people that these men were injured in your name in our name yeah and we have responsibility to look after them and sometimes that can be uncomfortable for people to be reminded all the time that this is the cost of your freedom or this is the cost of what it means to have a standing army yeah well, I actually agree with that. I mean, I think the film, the way I think about it, I think it sort of fits into the sort of Marlon Brando idea of doing things in that it seems to be a year, it seems to be years or decades even ahead of its time. Yeah, Because definitely. you you talk about, well, because when I was thinking about the story of this film, someone who gets, uh, loses use of his limbs in a war, my first thought goes to Born of the Fourth of July with Tom Cruise, yeah. which was made years later. But that was set in the aftermath of the Vietnam War. And that was that celebrated as a great film. Oliver Stone, oh my God, look what he did with it. So, Sean? Yeah, that's a good film I saw. I don't know if you saw Have you ever seen a film called Coming Home, Sharon? That's about Vietnam. That's after the Vietnam War, isn't it? Yeah, yes, that's the Vietnam War. Some yes, sort of, and, and he comes home injured, and it's about the relationship between him and his wife. And, and there's a couple of actors in it. I can't remember the film. Uh, is it John Voight? It's John Voight, yeah, it's John Voight, thanks. Mm. Yeah. And Coming is it Robert home. De Niro as well? Ooh. 
Ooh, I'm not sure if Robert De Niro's in it. No. Someone of that ilk, but yeah, yeah definitely John Voight. Yeah, definitely, definitely John Voight, that's the film, yeah. I think that must be around about 76 or something like that, so yeah. that could be... Or maybe I'm thinking of Christopher Walken, but maybe that's... No, yeah, I think it's a deer hunter. It's around about the similar time, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, yeah they came at about the similar time, but it's, it's a bit of a romance because, you know, um, he, he comes back as a... Um, as a injured veteran, yeah, yeah and, and it's just a relationship with his wife. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, it, yeah, this largely deals with the relationship between Marlon Brando's character and his fiancée, Ellen, that plays a bar- large part of, of the film as well. Played by oh. Theresa White, right. Mm. Yes. Mm, yeah, I, 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 I told you I've been looking for this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to find this film. <laughs> so. But what do you think, Sean? Yeah, it's like a post-war, uh, you know, post-Second World War type film uh, that I, deals with a different aspect of the war. Yeah, I've got to be honest. Um, as I say, I, did, uh, I, I don't really, really remember that that well I think I must have been when I saw it I must have watched it with some people probably my dad and he was going oh it's not much good is it <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like, but um, I, 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 I've definitely seen it and, and I remember the bits but I, I it's I, well I don't know I'll have to watch it again it's got me interested again well and I think of the clips of me yeah. I, I really want to see this film I yeah. really 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 want to see this film I want because as I say I think it might be ahead of its time in yeah, like yeah. the whole that whole thing because even now it's it's the kind of thing that is it's because I understand with Sharon what you were saying I mean that that sounds plausible to me that people would have ignored the film because it was too uncomfortable at that time mm-hmm. but now it's kind of like uh, you even have films like Forrest Gump which deals with mm. which deals with somebody losing his legs in a war and Forrest Gump is for it's it's pretty much like a sort of comedy drama so it's a lighter film than something like mm. this but you even have that in there you have uh, even in musicals there was a musical Sunshine on Leith that was released last yeah, year yeah I loved that film yeah Sunshine on Leith and that deals with Stole Soldiers coming back and one of them has he has lost his legs and it's uh, and he, there's a little bit of it in there by him coming back so it's not as seen it's not seen like that anymore I feel almost as if I want to like when we, when we post this online I want to tag Help for Heroes and say yeah. have you guys seen The Men because mm-hmm. <laughs> this film it seems like uh, like you know it'll be right up that kind of yeah dealing with these issues yeah. 60, 60 years ago yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah but but I think we're no longer ha- we have the same attitude now do we towards injured servicemen I think with the Invictus games you don't see someone who's lost a limb or someone who's now confined to a wheelchair as being a lesser man they're still a man yeah and they're still capable of amazing things which I think the title is it's still the men yeah they're still men they're not who they used to be <laughs> but they're still men and they still have you know have got all the emotions and all the the strength that men have yeah that was good so uh, yeah my my search for this film continues and tib if you're listening get me a copy man i'm sure you have it somewhere probably on a hard drive and knowing you for where you are (laughs) but (laughs) obviously obviously legally download it (laughs) all right cool thank you thank you very much tib thanks you for that share thanks for that sean and now we go on to Isle of Movies. Now, Isle of Movies, if you've been listening to the show, is a section of the where we talk about when, uh, like, when Hollywood has brushed up against the Isle of Wight. The last time we spoke about Fragile, a movie with Callista Flockhart, which people I know I've spoken to people who remember that being filmed on the island. And Sharon, you know, it was actually on TV the other day. Oh, was it really? It was on Film Goodness. Four. Yeah, it was on Film Four. I've actually recorded it and I'm waiting to go watch it. I want to see how they use the island. Yeah, in if that. you can <laughs> spot where it's filmed. If I, if I could spot bits of the island and see if they use a cliff or two. Um, but um, but we're now expanding Isle of Movies to be movies that are filmed on islands and I actually think that it would be funny to think about these movies and think about okay so let's see if we were going to recreate that movie on the Isle of Wight what locations would we use for different things yes. so the first film up in this new expanded Isle of Movies is one I will not say what the film is I'm just going to play the theme song because this is one of the most famous theme songs ever made and from this you should be able to figure out what it is and if you don't we'll be back in about four minutes to tell you what it is
You guys reckon there's anybody who still doesn't know what film it is we're going to talk about? Uh, Possibly yeah. a couple, maybe. I had no idea that E.T. was filmed on an island. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll give you a clue. Well, if it was filmed on this island, it would be filmed at Black Gang Chime, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, I would agree oh, with you on okay. that Actually, yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, yeah, we're talking about Jurassic Park, a film which is it's kind of one of these weird things because... Um, I think it's one of those films that when we talk I think it's actually quite interesting talking about films that are filmed on islands because there's some films that you don't really think about the fact that it's filmed on an island and I was thinking about Jurassic Park it's filmed on an island and it actually feeds into the story in all sorts of random ways that you don't really think about you know sometimes you watch a movie and then after you watch a movie you go back home and you're like oh well wait a second why didn't they just do that why didn't they just do that 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 doesn't make any sense they would have done that they would have done that they would have done that and I was thinking about Jurassic Park and I was thinking hang on a second why don't they just call somebody and I was thinking okay when it was made mobile mobile technology wasn't what it is now no so they so it wasn't like that and also the the communications were all down because the guy switched off all the so they couldn't call anybody's just come and bomb dinosaurs out of this from the sky <laughs> yeah. and and oh and it was remote enough because it's supposed to be isolated so that any flying things didn't land on the nearest mainland so yeah. it's yeah. in the middle of the ocean as well isn't it it's Miles in the middle of the ocean <laughs> so I'm, and i'm like thinking okay but yeah if that happened wouldn't like the t-rex just stomp its way to like you know Los Angeles and I was like oh no actually they're on an island Islands. so the T-Rex can't actually yeah. go anywhere they uh, yeah. just Quite can't actually one. go anywhere so uh, and I was thinking oh well so the fact that it's an island actually feeds this story and feeds this sort of claustrophobia and feeds this sort of adventure thing quite well which and I was like I was like oh that's actually quite clever putting the film on an island and then with the new film Jurassic World that was made recently I actually thought it was quite clever because they address some of these things. Obviously, they have the mobile phones and they have all these sort of things and they have fl- they have like, you know, flying dinosaurs and they and it, it's no longer a secret. So you can't really keep the military away. And they actually address all these things that you would think about or why and they bring them into the story, which is why I think actually makes that film quite good yeah. because they have the oh let's go strafe this dinosaurs from the air they, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go blow them out of the place oh but now we have pterodactyls what if they fly off the island and <laughs> there's a shot to, there's a shot to Jurassic World that I think is hilarious where you have like these military mercenaries sort of like flying towards in the helicopter and as they're flying off you can see out of the window you can just see a pterodactyl flying alongside yeah, yeah, them yeah, yeah. and he just takes the gun and goes Dish! and shoots it and it does and I was like, I was like oh no that's actually quite clever that, that they yeah. thought about these things so yeah island movie but uh, yes, yeah, Sharon, were you going to say something? About Jurassic Park? Oh. Yes. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those films that you get these cinema cliches, don't you, where they've become so everywhere that you forget that a lot of those things started with Jurassic Park. I was thinking about the whole ripple, the, the oh, ripple on the yeah. water when you get oh, the impact the... of something heavy coming. <laughs> I mean, it started with Jurassic Park, didn't it? But now every film where there's something heavy coming, you see this like boosh ripple on the water. <laughs> yeah. And it's become a cliche. But this is where it started. And a few of those things, I think Jurassic Park was so groundbreaking that it's it set the standard that people have been imitating ever since. Yep. True. True. Sean? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I agree with that. That was the that was the one, wasn't it? With the yeah, yeah. I, that's... And everyone's looking. It's like, what was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, did did you feel any sympathy with the dinosaurs at all? Yeah, that they didn't ask to be there. Yeah, like any caged thing, you think you're going to try to break free of your cages eventually, aren't you? Well, yeah, of course you are. That's not that, comment. That's a very interesting question. I've never thought about it that way. I know, I know. I felt, I, I felt like uh, uh, more than feeling sympathy for the dinosaurs. I felt more like, yeah, like yeah. When, when people got eaten. I was like, yeah, serves him <laughs> right. I'd never so, like yeah. that guy. Like, like the lawyer in the toilet. The oh, lawyer yeah, that yeah, yeah, on the toilet. I was like, oh, for goodness sake, you're a coward. Yeah, eat him. <laughs> I just, I think I saw the dinosaurs more like, you know, instruments of retribution. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Of yeah. people who were Come unworthy. Yeah. <laughs> like Nedry, Dennis Nedry, like when he gets when he gets like, you know, spat in the eyes. Spat or with like that a, horrible yeah. spitty thing. Yeah. 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 I can never remember what that what the dinosaur's <laughs> no, called. Uh, no. Yeah. I've got a friend who knows them all and he's like, oh, yeah, that's definitely that. And I'm like, you know, the one with the, the rough and the bad yeah. attitude. Because they look all cute, don't they? Oh yeah, they look Yeah. <laughs> oh man, why isn't Joe here? Joe would. Joe would I remember, know Joe would. Joe he would. He would probably tell you the names of the dinosaurs backwards. He would be yeah. able to. Yeah, <laughs> he's been hunting for the new ones. I know <laughs> in, in toy shops and things. So, 
<laughs> yeah. they're still around. Yeah. They will be. He's, yeah. he's got most of them, I think. Yeah. He's even got the the big Mos. What is it again? Mo Mosasaurus. Mosasaurus. Yeah, yeah. Mosasaurus. The the big swimming one in the in new the, in the, the new film. One, ah. Yeah. yeah, but it is so. And also, and okay, let's see. I think I, I saw the Velociraptors. I thought the Velociraptors were just plain evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought the I mean, yeah the they first were, film they, were, they are they, just so first sinister. Film, I was like, those things are evil. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'd uh, kill them, please, quick. And which is why I think the T Rex becomes even more of a great hero because of the way the film ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like yeah. the where the where the yeah, the take uh, that Velociraptor. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he just plucks it right out of the <laughs> air and it's like, well, who do you think you are? I am the T Rex. Yes. And I was so yeah. I I, I think the T Rex the T Rex I didn't I didn't I just thought the T Rex is just being a T Rex. Mm. I mean, it's yeah yeah it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like it's just being a T Rex. You can't. I'm not gonna fault it for. Uh, so I don't. I don't think I felt sorry for any of them. I felt sorry for the tri- You know the sick triceratops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Like when when um when like you know the Sam Neil and Laura Dern characters first arrive on the island and after they see the bracket after the first shot of the brachiosaurus, oh that's actually a great shot. That, that is, is a good shot. Yeah, when yeah. you just see them and you because we all were. I remember queuing up to see this. One of the last films I think. Well, no, it wasn't the last film I saw that I queued up for. But we definitely queued to see it. And then we all had that same sense of awe when we saw those dinosaurs. That was mirrored in what they were reacting to. Yeah. We went. Oh, it's dinosaurs. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I just. I just. And Doug lo- McClure is nowhere in sight. <laughs> <laughs> I, who's Doug McClure? <laughs> Doug McClure, he's, he's he in seventies. The land, lane. the land that time. We should, we should perhaps do the, the land McClure's that time forgotten. Oh. Yeah. And um, you yeah. know Troy McClure in The Simpsons. Yeah, you know no, the because, Simpsons. Yeah, no, that's who's, who's, he's who it's yeah. based on. He's in all these yeah slightly, slightly shonky science fiction films from the seventies. Oh, because you see, when you said Doug McClure, I actually heard Troy McClure. And Troy I was like, McClure. I was like, yeah. I was like, wait, yeah. no, no, you said Doug. Who's Doug? <laughs> Hello, I'm Troy McClure. You remember ah, me some such yeah. things as Hi, <laughs> ah, I'm Troy McClure. <laughs> yeah, it's him. He's based on him. But you yeah. know, in in the seventies, you no know, any dinosaur film, he appeared in it because he was like this sort of stalwart, solid lead, who you knew would live at the end of the film. Oh man, if big it, hair. If it, if it was still a if it was still alive at the time Jurassic Park was made, I think Spielberg missed a trick. <laughs> yeah, he should have been in there. Just get yeah. a get some nice little caveat from him. <laughs> but I mean, like even that first shot, I love the beats of it. Like the fact that they drive up to something, and then first of all, like you know, Alan Grant, the Sam Neill character, he just sort of looks up and his his mouth just falls open falls and he open, stands up yeah. in the jeep. And Laura Dern is actually looking at something down on like a piece of paper, and she's talking to him, and she's still saying blah 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 blah, and she because she hasn't noticed, and he just reaches down, touches her head, and like turns her head, and then she. She looks at me she's like, it's like what? and then you wonder what they're looking at and then they just show this shot of this sort of brachiosaurus yeah. leading into it going on its hind legs to get something from a tall tree and you're like yeah that would be pretty cool i would yeah. i would go there yeah. <laughs> i would totally go there all right um so yeah um i love movies jurassic park filmed on an island or well, set on an island set on an island yeah. filmed i think film filmed mostly in hawaii yeah yeah that's an island. Yeah, that is an island. That is an island. That's then. a few islands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say uh, Spielberg <laughs> next time, Isle of Wight, man. What, what are you waiting about? Isle yeah. of Wight. We even we even have like, you know, we fossils have our own and Jurassic stuff. Jurassic Coast line. So exactly. Hey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean you needed sunlight? What do, you, what do you mean you couldn't do it with rain? Ah, come on, for goodness sake. <laughs> you could have filmed it on this island. Anyway, with that we're almost out of time. We like to thank everybody who's well appeared on the show, people people who did stuff on Facebook, people who spoke to us in the hospital, and until the next time, please stay well, get home soon, and remember that they just do not make them like they used to. <laughs>